0: Rightio, um thought I'd get someone else on, have a bit of a yak, um, big man Sam Yule, one of the co-hosts with me at uh, the Hunters Club, um, obviously a super keen hunter, uh, dad, builder, just your general southern outdoors man, so uh, welcome Yuley um, to my mini podcast series. <laughs>
1: yeah, thank you very Joe, good to uh, catch up, obviously under some... Um, Fairly different circumstances for, for everybody around the country at the moment. Um, we're, all, we're all trying to uh, pass the time in different ways,
0: hence uh, being able to sit down and do a chat like this a bit more often. Yeah, mate, we should do a bit more. i thought i I'd been listening to so many podcasts and just yarns lately. I thought oh, I might as well catch up a few of the boys, chance to catch up and maybe shoot some banter. But um, I tell you what, that bloody head on head behind you there is putting me to bloody shame compared to those little monkeys I've got up on the top of the safety, I tell you.
1: But
0: I bet they were all shot with the bow, weren't they? Oh, we can say two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, well, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know a lot of you out there. Probably you don't see Yuli much in the in the uh, social media space, and, and you see him probably a lot on the TV show. But he's uh, he's one of those guys out from the time that I've spent hunting with him, and, and spend, spending time on and off the show. He's a he's a real grinder of a, of a lad, and he isn't scared of the hard work. So um. I thought I'd spend a bit of time uncovering a bit of that while while we chat away for a bit. And, um, I guess I guess a good starting point for everybody would probably be just like maybe your side of the story. Um, with the Hunters Club, I mean, I know you from the outset. You're involved in the pilot in the early days, and and I'd like, I just want to hear your sort of take. And I've probably heard parts of it in the past, but like your take from going from the pilot to what the show's become today. Yeah, sure. So, um.
1: I guess looking back to the very beginnings of the the show, I mean I think it will be coming up seven years this November since Dan and I filmed the pilot. Um and we're amidst uh filming the sixth season for the Hunters Club. So yeah, obviously we did the the pilot first and then we we got the go ahead from Sky to hook in and we started filming uh from then on. But um you know, basically, I get, I get you get a lot of people asking you, how the hell did you fall into this? You know, like, uh, and it, literally just, it did just fall into our laps with um, yeah. Dan and myself. Um, I think Dan was actually doing some guiding at the time, and uh, Matt Watson and Shawsey come down for the ITM Fishing Show, and uh, Dan took them over and did some hunting with them, and then Dave and um, Dan just got talking. Uh, and then um, a few months later, I got a, a phone call from Curly just saying, "What do you reckon about um, doing some filming for a possible hunting show?" I was like,
0: Hey? Eh? Yeah, I know, eh? Like, I mean, you and me both. Like, when Curly's got these like wild and wonderful ideas, eh? And you're just like, I actually remember I was in the same sort of boat as you. Like, I was just passing through Queenstown and at DOS down at Curly, so then I'd been bush for five, or six days with Jamie, and he just sort of threw the idea at me, and I, I literally, I not laughed it off, but I kind of just went, "Oh yeah, mate, that's an awesome." awesome idea and then uh, yeah like as you say literally fell into our laps got a call a couple of days later after you guys had filmed the pilot and uh, she was all go but um, how do you th- how do you feel like do you think much changes in the way you approach the show like back in those early days in compare, comparison to to what we do now I know like she's a pretty tight run ship now in terms of like just the hunts we do and how it all sort of goes down like do you think much has changed or what has changed for you should I say uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot has
1: changed over the course of seven years, um, not only just from everybody's own personal standpoint, with whether it be family, um, jobs, um, commitments outside of the show and all that sort of thing, but with regard to the show itself, uh, I mean, in those early years, we were all pretty scratchy in front of the camera, eh? you know, like, oh, yeah. um, there's always some some nerves and... There'd be a lot of tapes just to get one or two lines out. Now it's sort of you feel pretty confident you've already got the the lines in your head, and generally you're banging them out first pop. Yeah, mate, uh, you're
0: a smooth operator behind that lens, I tell you, you're a one take wonder. You are.
1: I don't know about that, mate, but um, no, we're all we're all getting pretty good these days. But um, I think I think after we'd done a couple of you know first couple of seasons, we all um, you know we've all hunted a lot before we got together and did this show. So we'd all done massive big missions. Like you and Jamie did your big missions through the Alps and Carol and I and, yeah. and those sorts of things, Timmy and all that. Um, we quickly realised for the show's um, standpoint and for that to do well, I think we sort of had to put our pride aside in regards to chasing what we think is like a, you know, a really special trophy for us um, and sort of putting something on the ground because. At the end of the day that's what people want to see on a hunting show
0: um oh uh, you're 100 percent right there I, I just i remember the same you know the same thing Eh, like having those sort of like you know bit. You're, you're you're in the same boat like sort of expedition type hunts that you just that that's your bread and butter and then having to over like a process of a couple of years like trim things back to to fit more how you film and and rather than just going balls to the walls to hunt um, i think yeah i agree like that's probably definitely one of the things that's changed for me um and it's um yeah, just to just to um sort of
1: finish off that point a wee bit there, just to you know, like value bang for buck, um, hunts, you know what I mean? Like we'd all love to go and do the seven to ten day big pack on the back and oh, yeah. you know, cover a hundred Ks or something something stupid like that and see a whole lot of animals and not shoot anything. Um, but we need to be smarter and hunt smarter with regards to locations and you know, so in that regard, research is paramount on animal numbers for whatever targets the species target, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: We um, really, you know, we've all had failed hunts with the show, and it's not a nice feeling when there's been so much um, financial investment, you know, put into it, time off work. Um, everyone's in the same boat. And when it doesn't come through, for whether it be bad weather or animals not playing the game or whatever, it's a pretty distinct yeah, yeah. feeling, isn't it? You
0: know, yeah, so. I, I, I want to pick your brains a little bit more. That I'll come back to that. Um, the hunt prep stuff, and, and I know you're you're meticulous, just as meticulous as I am around some of these things. So I'm gonna circle back to that. I, I want to sort of keep that fresh in people's minds. And you just touched on something there, like you know, there's time, money, you know, family, work, all that sort of stuff that goes that sometimes has to be put aside and stuff. How do you feel? You know, being a dad, like like I am, uh, you know, a builder, you you're a TV personality, you're a hunter. outdoorsman in the summer you're fly fishing like how do you how are you balancing all this like what's your sort of like your brownie point status at the moment if it's anything like mine geez well into the negatives (laughs)
1: oh yeah but as soon as this lockdown's over you know you'd be hoping you'll be allowed out of the house um yeah i mean look hey it, it all it all comes down to having a very understanding um partner or wife i think doesn't it um the other half really keeps keeps the household running while you're away on these um, extended extended trips, whether it be for three four or five days at a time and and sometimes four to five times a year you know um, most of those will be for the show um, but also you want to do some personal missions in there without the pressure of the camera as well uh, but I mean over the years uh Anna will be the same, but her wife um, she's been great and um, let me out, and she knows that um. I'm pretty hard to be around if I don't get my fix. So,
0: mate, you and me both. I was having the same conversation with my wife yesterday. I was in a real <laughs> shitty mood, and it comes back to not, you know, not being out in that space, out in the wilderness. And uh, yeah, I think you're you're right. Like, you tip your hat to your wives of these Well, they've put up with a fair few, as you said, six seven years now of us sort of beating the feet and getting around. But you're you're a, you're an extremely active hunter in terms of like um, not just stuff for the show, but you're you're out there doing it still in, in your own time. Whereas I, I reckon I'm probably because of my job and work and the other business, I'm sort of like I'm often finding myself. Um, most of the hunting I do now is with a bloody camera in tow. Not that that's a bad thing, but um, I, I definitely I, I've got a I've got a bit of a fear of missing out in your in your case because I, I get the odd message from you and you're off on a on a solo mission somewhere with a dog and you you're out there doing it. So I miss that a lot. Um, so in terms of like um, you know your process and we, and coming back to that full circle, how you prepare for hunts, whether it's for the show or yourself. Like, can you give us a sort of a, um, an idea of what what you do? Like some of the specific things or that you you get into around picking new areas to hunt, and before you even bother shouldering a pack and heading out into those hills, like, do you have a process that you go through? Like, do you do all the research? Like, what, what, run us through how you go about that. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, um, just like yourself, I mean, you take
1: yourself back to when you're a young fella uh, reading books on the old days of. I guess, for me, read stags, the ultimate animal to chase around the Alps. Um, And, you know, dating back to some of those old um, Banwell books and Highland stags of Otago and stuff really sort of got my uh, inspiration juices um, flowing in that regard and and just planning planning trips and reading where these great heads come from and planning on how to get into that country. And I guess that sort of really kicked it off for me. Um, But... From a show's perspective, you know, like we I think initially, I definitely wanted to go and make make this an opportunity to suss out some country that i would never been into before and take you know take that into people's living rooms um, but obviously, the risk in that is it's new country you don't you haven't been there, you don't know what animal numbers are like, you don't know if you can get through that gorge or up that bushy spur onto the tops or you don't know if you're going to find water up there so I think after we started having a few sort of failed episodes early on, um, as I was saying before, you sort of had to start thinking smarter and hunting smarter. And, and I think that meant um, hunting a few of our own personal spots cleverly without showing too much background and, and things like that. Because the last thing we want to do is is obviously give the game away with things like Google Earth and, um, you know, topo maps at the click of a finger nowadays. People can soon work out a background and, and figure out where you are. Uh, but but in that you know what you get out of of hunting spots that you've been to a lot you, you generally know where the animals live what time of year they're going to be there and you can plan a hunt around that you know
0: yeah that's it man like I, I like you as you say like there's a lot of those exploratory hunts that you do you know you may you may do like you know ten to one that pays off for you or it's just scouting and um, I probably don't do as much as you do these days in that in that sense especially down in the south uh, South Island but um, yeah you're right. Like what you see on the show is like usually like a well thought out in process of you know numerous trips in or scouting missions or or dud hunts for, for that matter um yeah like you're right like you it's a risk especially when you got the cameras with you to, to go on a to go into total virgin country and it just like be a total flop and uh it's not a it's not a great feeling if um in terms of going bush and uh i know you're uh like as I said, you're you're a very active hunter, um, and you're looking fit, by the way, mate. Those uh, those guns of yours are well and truly uh, looking like they've got some work lately, mate. Looking good.
1: Fortunately, your birds mate.
0: <laughs> is distracting <laughs> me there. But, yeah. Um, going back to to hunt and preparation, I know I know. Like in recent times, especially with the show, like it's paramount having the right equipment and stuff like that. Um. At all, And we've been fortunate I like to try heaps of different gear and test all these products and be right at the forefront of a lot of equipment that's coming out there. Is there any piece of kit um, off the top of your head that you can't be without on the hill or that you'd be willing to sort of stamp your name on it um, to say, yeah, this is my recommended piece of kit that, that I can't go without these days on the hill?
1: Oh, hell. Um. Probably a good sleeping mat that doesn't have holes in it. it's pretty key. eh? Um, I've, been, I've spent a few cold nights out on the on the tops, uh, you know, with, with bad sleep. I, I look back on my younger days, man. and I didn't even take a sleeping mat, and then I think then I graduated up into those closed cell roll up jobs that you'd have on the back of your pack, and and then finally forked out and bought myself an inflatable job. I've been through about three. Now and finally settled on a a really good um a really good mat um you know that it's just worth its weight and gold, especially on the winter trips you know where it's cold and you're off the ground you're cozy and you're and you're
0: nice like hey, i I was just talking to someone about this the other day in terms of like recovery and stuff for um for sort of backpack trips and and uh like getting a good night's sleep like you can't count it out as as being the one of the probably most important things you can. Sort of like getting fuel in the tank for the next, the next day's hunt, um, and having that having the, um, that good sleeping mat, day makes a big difference. I kind of laugh at it, but you're right. Like, I'm throwing I'm throwing in that a good pair of boots, a, a good sleeping bag, and a roll mat. You know, um, yeah. into that kit. Um, so I I,
1: boot, Obviously, you're going to be wearing boots. Um you Obviously, you can't. Some people, you know, you might not. As you say, we're lucky. We can. We have got the top models on hand to use. We're a bit spoiled in that regard, um, but yeah, I mean, something that you, that not everyone's going to have. I think they're becoming a bit more common now, um, just as technology improves and word gets out there, and you know, branding and all the rest of it. You know, um, yeah, I, I'd probably go. You know, sleeping mat for me is a is a real crucial one.
0: Yeah, and no, that's right up there in my top five for sure. Um, I've been I've been and been lucky enough to sort of come out on on a few trips and take you for a few trips up north and uh, watch you in action behind that trigger, mate. Um, and and you're a pretty pretty uh, sharp shooter um, with that rifle in your hand. On on that topic, I get or part of your skill. Do you have any tips and tricks for up and coming backpack hunter or someone that's out there now doing it? that You might be able to palm off to them. Could be technical, could be uh, logistical, could be anything really that you that you've sort of got in your tool bag that you could pass on. Oh um, I guess
1: I guess from a hunting backpacking perspective to start with, um, you know, probably going back to when I was a young fella and when I say young, like early twenties, you know, just sort of starting to really cut my teeth into the bigger the bigger country in the and that. Um just be prepared to walk, eh? You know, go go that bit further. Go, you know, walk a couple of hours past the hut rather than staying in the hut and expecting to shoot a deer out the back type thing. Um, especially with the amount of hunters there is these days. Uh, you know, even I'm finding places that I used to hunt regularly. I'd be the only the only truck there. Now, now there could be two or three trucks, you know, there for the weekend type thing. So it's all about... Um, you know, just pushing yourself a bit further, and if you, you know, if you're young and you're fit, you, you should be, you should be doing it while you're young because you're not going to be able to be able to do that later in life. Oh, I couldn't be more
0: there.
1: Big packs and heavy loads, of, but yeah, I'll, I'll just be, um, just just open to really stretch your legs and your boundaries, and that's when it's, um, whether it's going to be finding that trophy animal or whether it's just going to be finding that magic sunset out the back of some valley that only a handful of people have ever walked through. You know, um,
0: that. That's what really spins my wheels. I couldn't agree with you more there. I think that uh, that that's absolutely the deeper you go, the the more cool stuff happens in uh, new country uncover. I couldn't agree with you you there more. We're back on. We're back on again. Um, yeah, that, like I said, that was that. I think that's a that's a real good tip for someone that's wanting to get get into that backpacking scene is to really just yeah, while you're young, eh, like just push the boundaries, go deep. Don't be silly about it. But but um, the further you go, the the more you'll, uh, you'll find. Um, last, last sort of question, I guess, the only to wrap up, and uh, thanks for your time In but I know you've got some amazing heads down in that garage down there in the deep south of yours. What's on the hit list sort of in the near the future in terms of getting out in the hills for the show or otherwise to fill up that collection that you've got accumulating in that garage of yours? Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. So, my... Um, well, Recently, just got my big fellow buck, my big private land fellow buck that I've been sort of looking for for probably around ah oh, probably a good four years now since I took the big red stag off the list. Yeah, both um, crackers too. But um, so now for me, it's uh, I mean I'm still chasing that ten inch chamois, the elusive sham. Um, shot plenty over nine, seen a couple of really big ones that just you know couldn't get to for whatever reason. Um, one ripper buck just up on this high precipice. June icy conditions just I was just like nah you know i have definitely um sort of backed off a wee bit from from where I was ten years ago in, in regard to how far I'll push myself. Um, just got too much to uh, live for these days, so um, I'm not doing anything stupid when I'm out on the hill in regard to um, safety and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I'll probably probably just keep chipping away at, at the sham, man, and um, you know, mate,
0: just get yeah. out
1: there and. They, yeah, um, they're favorite animal to hunt you know they're so curious and obviously really a beautiful animal to look at and uh and the country that they live in yeah it's just it's my home too you know home away from home
0: yeah i i, I tend to agree with you once again that the old sham age, eh, she's just one of those um animals a eh? like you can get plenty in that nine to nine and three quarter class and just getting that that 10 pluses just it's like a dive in the rough trying to find that bugger eh? like and it's it just the same as you. Like all those accumulated years of chasing them, and you just, for whatever reasons, those hunt, those big ones go wrong or stuff up, so you just can't find the buck of that class. It's um, yeah, she's a hell of a trip. But I, I tell you what, I do, I do, as you say, they're probably my most favorite animal to to hunt too in the Alp, in the Alps, and um, and they just keep you coming back eh? just because they're such, like, whether it's summer or winter, a eh? like they, I don't know, there's just something about them. I don't know, maybe it's because it's one of the first alpine species I ever hunted, but. I've got a bit of a soft spot for them too, to be honest. Yeah, nice one.
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, what about you, man?
0: What are you taking off the list next? Oh, you know, I'd love to get that big sort of like one eighty class plus sort of seeker stag eh, To be honest, and the tight stuff like I've I've shot a few that are that are nowhere near that sort of class, but I'd love to I'd love to get one whether it's on camera or not. Either way, that that'd be something I'd love to to put up on the wall at some point. Um, not that that's a you know the only driver, but just I love. Since I've moved back up north, you know, getting a nice and tight, that real close stuff, chasing those uh, squeaking and squealing seeker stags have been something that I've been pretty passionate about of late. Um, and, you know, doing that, obviously doing a bit of rooster hunting with you too last year, I'd be keen to try and get that on the board, um, a decent stag with that. Like, I reckon they're the North Island version of a chamois 10 plus, you know, like trying to trying to get into that country, but also – just where they live and the time of year you got to hunt them and the terrain. The, the, they're, they're pretty crafty little bug buggers and um, they're living in a real tough place to hunt. But um, yeah, that's probably the two on my list, I reckon.
1: I reckon your, um, your trophy rusa would probably be equivalent to a 50-inch whoppity down here. Yeah, I reckon. You know? Yeah. They're going to say that, eh? Hey? There's yeah. plenty of guys in a shimmy, just not me.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, me and you
1: with a newbie that just parks in the bloody car park on the west coast walks hundred meters up a creek and slots one or you know um why it have got six you know six or seven ten inch trophies and chasing an 11 that's great
0: you know so, yeah, uh, they so a no. worser, eh? like i think it's a combination of just where they live the terrain and even the access even like public land like you got to sort of be in the know a little bit and and uh and and it's not the most active hunting eh like you've been up with me you know sitting on stand on uh, not stands on lookouts for hours on end, and they're generally long shots. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things, it's just like year on year. And, I, and I'm probably it probably could have taken a few of those sort of representative animals, but I'm sort of given the type, the effort, and the time I've been sort of like you know, set my standard relatively high, but you know, it could come back to bite me. Maybe I'm just saving it up the hard eight for another 20 years, mate.
1: <laughs> this was going to be the year though, wasn't it? Now we're all bloody. Shut inside, missing
0: out. Know. No, well, oh. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I you just wanted to catch up with your brother and uh give people a bit of insight on what makes you tick. And um yeah, it's been a pleasure doing stuff on the show with you up to uh up till recently. Hope you can do some more in the in the future. Um, hope you and the family stay safe down south, mate, and hope you can lock on sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, mate. All good. Thanks, Joe. Have All a good right, one. Catch ya.